Hi, welcome to Laugh Saga. Today's guest is Ron Jossel, 17-year veteran of the comedy industry. Uh, Ron, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. I took an antihistamine today, so I didn't realize it would teach you drowsy, so I sound like uh, I'm a little uh, drowsy. <laughs> You're still awake, though, right? You're good. Oh yeah, I'm like half awake, dude. I can't believe I took this fucking hand to hit me. This is great though. I, if you fall asleep, like we'll, we're gonna get an insight into your dream it's so state. So bad, like I, even on the way here, on the way downtown, because I had a, sp- a spot at Yuckucks. Yeah, yeah. I was screaming to wake up to myself so bad. Oh man. So you said Yuckucks. Um, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions about comedy. Sure. Um, have you always? By the way, I feel like uh, True Lies when Schwarzenegger was drugged and he told the truth on everything. So I can ask you any question yeah, right I'll, now? Yeah, I'll answer it 100%. I do remember that scene in True Lies you were talking about. Yeah. I'm where he's all blurred vision. Dude, I really like, feel like I'll right tell right. you, I am not, yeah, that whole. I'm going to start, I'm going to keep that guy in the face, take his gun, shoot the other man, and then I'll kill you last. Yes. And then the guy goes like, oh, whatever. And he does it. And if I have time, I will be Mr. Freeze. Which is crazy, because like, you have to have a, such a strong mind to be able to fight that natural it's drug to make you like, sleepy. To, like, I can't even fight this. Okay, let's it's, try to fight it. Okay, there we go. All right. Oh, God, this is so hard. Uh, you've been in comedy 17 years. Have you? Did you always... Were you always funny when you were younger? Yeah, yeah, I think most people are funny. I yeah. mean, I, I've, I haven't really met a person that I didn't find any sense of humor from. Yeah. But to become a comedian, it's a totally different thing. You could be funny off stage, but not funny on stage. So when did you have that 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 moment, like when, when you were younger? Because you've been doing it a very long time. I remember seeing you... Early nineties, late yeah, no yeah. late mid like ninety seven, ninety eight. I think it was. I started ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. When did you get signed to Yucks? When did that happen? Um, I d- after 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 a year and a half. Year and a half. So wow, they, that was. They say started nineteen ninety seven, and within six months, I basically did this. I met Russell Peters like within the f- my second week of comedy. And he said, "Don't even, uh, don't even do showcases for Mark Bresnan, the owner for Yuck Kicks. Mm. Just open for me for the whole year, and always do a five minutes. That's you build on your five minutes. By the end of the year, I'll be so tight. And so after that year, it was so tight. He put me a showcase. Mark said I got an amateur night for until for six months, and after that, he'll promote me as a work comic. That's." That's pretty quick. What like I'm used to. Well, back then it wasn't. First of all, I had three things on my side. I was ethnic, and there wasn't yeah. any ethnic people. I had Russell because he, he brought me in, and then yeah. I also had um, the kind of stage time you needed to find your killer five. Yeah. So it was all. It was all. It was a good package without the material, but because of the year I was practicing, it was worth it, yeah. Because would you say, like, now, if you were to look at the scene now versus back then, would you say it's pretty saturated in terms of the amount of 
comics. Yeah, yeah. Now there's like 500 open mics, yeah. you know, open micers. Back in 97, there wasn't that many. There was probably like 50 or 70. So everybody got on stage regularly. And good stages, you know. So you had yucks. What were the other? Was there? I guess comedy was Comedywood around at that time. Uh, Comedywood was the actual first club I played on their amateur night. Nice. And then after that, I went to Yuck Yucks uh, when I got promoted. Um, when did you start doing stand-up, or, or at that moment where you're like, I want to do, I want to try this? Um, I think when I watched Eddie Murphy Delirious at eight, I knew I wanted to do that, but I didn't know when. So yeah. I just finished my college education, and then I went straight to the comedy club. And then uh, I, I did for like for the first six months. I did four spots a week or four spots a month, and I kept increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing because my comfort level on stage had to be at par with how many stage, how many shows I'd be doing, like how many yeah. open mics I'd do. If I didn't have the confidence, I wouldn't go a lot. Yeah. And I only did it once a week. What was your first set? When uh, did you do your first one? My first set was August seventeenth in Collingwood and I got booed off the stage I didn't know comedians had to write jokes I thought it was all improv so when I saw Chris Rocksman the plane and Jerry Seinfeld's I'm telling you for the last time I thought it was all improv so I went on stage and tried to improv and I quickly found out you can't improv great writing you could improv fast spontaneous comebacks that are witty and I didn't have that and so I got booed off my third time on stage did you go from when you wanted to do it to needing to do it? Is there was, was or was that need already there? Like I have to do stand up. Well, now it's because it's a business, you know, yeah. and, and this is what I make the majority of money from. Well, all my money from. I have. I book myself every week. There's definitely a want in every comic's mind, yeah. body. They have to do a show no matter what. Now you have to pick the shows that you do every year. And when you're a big celebrity or a star, you pick the best shows. So, this it's still fun, but it's it's kind of lost its nostalgia, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, because now I get off on playing around the world for people that that uh, that normally I wouldn't have got to make them laugh. Right. You know, so there's a there's a need in entertaining people, but. It's really balanced with the need of getting paid for me. Yeah, of course. You're living, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, I, I have to do it and I want to do it. But more sets that are paid shows, if they don't know you specifically, it's literally like you're maybe 65 to 70, 60, 75% to 80% you're doing well. Yeah. Where if you're famous, you'd, do about, you'd be a 95% hitter. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't know you, so you know, there's anything can happen. One thing I've noticed about you, Ron, when I've seen you on stage, is it's, you have a really good ability of, or great ability of, getting the room on board with you right away. Is that did that always come naturally, or was it something that you had to build up your? It's definitely a build up thing. Like I mean, there's different comics that learn how to wake up a room. Yeah. Whether you're first or last, but generally speaking, the first two people in any show have to take it. Like the, they may not get the laughs right away, or the big yeah. laughs, because they're just, you know, sacrificial lambs in the in, in the whole in the whole lineup. But you know, when you go in fifth to sixth, seventh, that's a really sweet spot. Yeah. 
So when you do comedy, I guess from the clubs, the, I, I'm in a sweet, sweet position, even though I have to close. Is there any comics that you look at, um, either when you're starting out or even now, that you go, wow, that guy is amazing, like somebody that just wows your... your yeah, I mean, there's definitely guys that, that are doing well on TV that I started with. And I guess for Canada, it's going to take a few more years for to find their voice. Because it's kind of, uh, it's a, such a tough market right now and they don't put anybody else in and they don't promote anybody or something. Right. Oh, by the way, the question about commanding the stage, that they'll take yeah. time. And everybody has a certain joke that wakes up a crowd right away. Yeah, yeah. And you have to find what that joke is. If you, you really do have to believe in what you do, what you mm. say, and let them come to you in terms of your philosophy of life, your your belief of something right your belief of your act your conviction of your material now that's that's one part of it everything else is tweaking because everything else is every other crowd is different right if you're gonna say the, everything verbatim it's not gonna work because what if a glass drops what if mm. you're in a different country what if you're the fourth comic that's, that's talking about in Tinder you know, it's like so. Yeah. You gotta, you always gotta adjust. Right. And I, and I don't care. Even the, even the most structured comedian like Chris Rock has to adjust. You've just been doing it a long time. So for you, it comes. This is all stuff you've learned over yeah. time, right? Yeah. Um, I noticed you have an arsenal. Like for example, I'm gonna give the example people put out all the time with Louis C.K. redoing his set every year. Um, do you follow that methodology, or do you have something where you build it up? No, because well, he's under the he's under the gun. Like his manager is probably saying, "Hey, man, there's people that want to see you, and also into the, and and we want to tape into the special." And he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Like, I mean, when you are under the gun and when you're famous, you come up with an hour every two, three years. Yeah, Louis C.K. every year. It's, yeah. it's pretty hard, but. Um, we're not under the gun, so you see a lot of headliners around Canada, U.S. that stick to the same material because they know that works and it's not a hard thing to do anymore. But that stagnates you as a creative artist. If you were looking back at yourself, say, 10, 15 years ago, and looking at the material you used to do back then right. uh, versus now... Uh, well, I mean, if you anybody who's been doing it for 15 years look back on the material, they, they cannot wear that material today. Yeah. It's just the, it's a, it's like clothes or style. Comedic style and clothes are very, very similar. Where when, you cannot wear belt bottoms only when they were popular. You can yeah. only wear toques when only when they were popular. So, you know, for me to do the material I did back in the 15 years ago, I can I could say it was good for the time, but it wasn't... It doesn't stand up the test of time. When did you find your voice, like as a comic? Um, once you accept who you are, you'll find your voice. Accept who you are in what you believe comedy is. You know, some people are characters. Now, that's still their voice. That's who they want to be. Mm. 
some people talk did you did you find yours early did you find like okay this is me guys or not really I, I think it's hard to find your voice when club promoters want you to do your ethnic stuff or your if you're fat your fat stuff or your woman right. woman stuff where they don't want to hear too much of the other stuff because they know the crowd's not really interested so the, the key is to do everything outside of your race weight you know your look to yeah. find your voice but when you do find your voice it changes every two three years your voice changes uh, with your philosophy in life and how you think you should live your life yeah. so if you accept that right now then you'll write and change with your voice some people are like, hey, I have to find my voice. Well, your voice is what you believe about what you believe today. Mm. And if you don't believe anything today, if you don't believe in, if you have no opinions, and you don't believe in shit today, then you should get a life to to, to get those opinions. Uh, you know, you speak a lot of truth because I see that with some comics that just get stuck in that. It's really weird. They get stuck in that point where they're popular. Say they got really popular. And they just get locked into that rut. Yeah. And I the mean, material doesn't develop. It's the same old... Yeah. You know. So it's hard to... If the material doesn't develop and change after two years, then not even everything, like 90, 80% of it, then the person is just being comfortable. Right. And being comfortable will get you, get you gigs, but it won't make you great, which could give you better gigs. That's one thing I noticed is you you tend to get the the audience, they they seem to be at very at ease when you're on stage. They they. Well, we we try to do this. When you're a comedian, you try to be funny. But what you really try to do is recreate yourself off stage and mm. put that on stage. You're supposed to recreate your quirks, your comfort level, and the way you speak, and your mannerisms on stage it takes a long time to create that but once you do you know the, the calmness and the collectiveness and the person that speaks is really the rest of the comics could respect that what's the what's the next thing for Ron like what's your what's the next thing that's driving you that, that you want to fulfill well right now I, I pretty much put myself three months ahead of it do you want to do anything in television or like uh, yeah definitely television yeah. writing I mean to move to LA you know I'm making Nobody makes money in LA. Yeah. Pretty much right uh, an actor or a producer.